It's April 8th, and the Twins are 6-2, and two, coming up two opportunistic wins against a short-handed Houston Astros team. How did they get there? How surprised are you at the start, and can they keep it up? Let's answer those questions today. So sit back, buckle up, and get comfortable. Locked on Twins starts now. You are Locked on Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked on Twins. This is Brandon Warren, your host. And I'm thanking you for this being your first listen every day. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts for free, as well as on YouTube, as you may be watching right now. If that's the case, we're more than happy to get a review or a comment from you beneath the screen there. Um, Again, those things kind of drive the show. So again, five-star review on your podcast apps, a thumbs up, and a subscription on YouTube, any of those things help us out a lot. Um, Again, feel free to be active in the comments. I would do my best to be down there hanging out with you and answering those. And so that would be a lot of fun. And then finally, too, again, if you have questions you want to ask on the show, don't be afraid to reach out, whatever means you need. And then if if we get any good questions or get a bunch of good questions, we can uh, donate an entire segment to it or, or focus on that. So if you have any questions, again, hit me up and we will talk to it. All right, so let's dive right in. And in the opening segment today, we're going to talk about how the opportunistic twins took advantage of an Astros team that is exceptionally shorthanded. And what I mean by that is Lance McCullers is on the injured list, Michael Brantley's on the injured list, and Jose Altuve, of course, is on the injured list. So this is a much shorthanded Houston Astros team, or much more shorthanded than we've seen in the past and in recent history. So it is a team that is in transition. They're three and six right now. I, I still expect them to be very good and be right there in the thick of things at the end of the season. But obviously, Dusty Baker's boys are not off to the greatest of starts. The series opened with a 3-2 walk-off win, and it looked for a while like the Twins may drop and waste what was a very good start of Sonny Gray's when the Astros scored a run in the Uh, Top half of the 10th inning, and the Twins followed back with two of their own, including the walk-off single by Kyle Farmer. Also, Sonny Gray was absolutely brilliant. 13 strikeouts, eight of them um, on the sliders, and six of eight of them on sliders, and six of them of the swinging variety of those eight. And so um, just a it looked absolutely phenomenal. 16 total strikeouts for the Twins pitching staff in this one. Multi-hit games from Buxton. Miranda, Solano, Farmer, and Taylor. So just a great all-around team effort and a game. Someone someone told me they thought this was maybe a game the Twins don't win last season, and I think I'd have to agree. Obviously, you'd probably have to rely on someone like Emilio Pagan or, you know, you'd get into that bullpen right in a spot where you wouldn't want it to be. In this one, the Twins were able to use Jax, Lopez, and Duran, and that's usually a recipe for success. So that ended up being, a, again, a 3-2 walk-off Kyle Farmer with a single. And to make sure you check out post-game minute, um, I, should, I should note that on at Locked on Twins on Twitter, we have a post-game minute that we post after every game. So you can get some of these details in short form, too. 
Um, so again, uh, three, two walk off. And then Saturday's win was of the nine to six variety. Uh, twins break it open late, show a little bit more signs of, uh, hope on the side of offense. Uh, the big, big boom there was Byron Buxton's home run in the bottom of the eighth, absolute monster drive into, I believe the second deck. Um, and those three runs ended up being the difference because Havani Moran, had a yeah, let's just say he incurred incurred a. It's easy for me to say. He followed. Uh, he he had a little turbulence, so he um ended up getting two outs in the ninth before Juan Duran came in and slammed the door with three straight pitches of absolute filth. Um, striking out. I want to say it was uh the backup catcher pinch hitting. Yeah, Yiner Diaz pinch hitting for Martin Maldonado. Um, Kyle Farmer had a three run homer in the second inning. That was huge. Twins were up four Oh, at that point. And then, um, and Joe Ryan's big only mistake was a, a grand slam to Jordan Alvarez, uh, that tied the game at four. Otherwise the twins pretty much slammed the door on the Astros until the last, uh, top of the ninth inning there. When again, Duran, uh, did what he does. Uh, so you got the farmer Homer, the Buxton Homer twins five for nine, with runners in scoring position, that was a nice change because we've seen a lot of two for 11s, two for eights, you know, just um, not taking care of business when there's business that could be easily taken care of. Uh, just seven runners left on base today, Saturday's game. Um, every starter but Michael A. Taylor had a hit. Joe Ryan was brilliant. Again, that grand slam to Jordan was his only real mistake. Ten strikeouts, gets the W. Actually, you know, I should check that. I shouldn't say he gets a W because I think he came out. Nope, he did. So he's 2-0 on the season. Um, all in all, great job by Joe Ryan. Jorge Lopez strikes out the side, looks absolutely nasty. He and Griffin Jacks combined for five strikeouts over a two-inning span there. And then, uh, yeah, Moran made it close, but uh, Duran just absolutely blew away Diaz. He didn't even have a chance. So, um, yeah, Twins have grabbed two of three. Two of the first three, there's one more to be played on Sunday afternoon. But you got to feel good about these first two, especially because they're playing the Astros when they're shorthanded. You have to take advantage of that, especially in your own home stadium, too. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they handle Sunday. It's going to be another fun one. Tyler Malley going for the Twins. Hunter Brown going for the Astros. Let's, let's take a quick look at the good and the bad so far for the Twins as I see it. Um, I've been very impressed with the plate appearances Trevor Larnick has been taking for the most part. He did have an awkward 3-0 swing in Friday's game. But otherwise, six walks, nine strikeouts, good ratio there, uh, 976 OPS. Looks comfortable at the plate, looks confident and capable. So I would say he's been kind of the sneaky breakout star, if you can really say there's been one through – through eight games, but um, he's been a staple in the middle of the order, which is is great to see. Uh, Joey Gallo, who has been out with a little side thing the last game plus, uh, OPS over a thousand, three homers seems to be fitting in well defensively, and so obviously exciting. We'll see where the batting average settles at the end of the year, but I think he's bumped up his career mark to 200, which uh, again says a lot about him as a player. Uh, Byron Buxton looking really good, especially that home run on Saturday, absolutely pasted off uh astros astros reliever i gotta get the name again here um ronel blanco so big 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 three run homer and ended up being the difference 
he hit it off. Um, let's see if I can. Sorry, I think I have the wrong one here. Anyway, just uh, you know, absolute blast off Blanco. Farmers came off starter Luis Garcia, who wasn't long for the game. Um, again, all in all, just another great effort uh, with Buxton's home run. Christian Vasquez has a big game Saturday. He was two for four with two RBIs. And so the bottom of the order has been coming through a little bit more. And starting pitching has been incredible. Uh, all five have been superb. We will have a nice little breakdown here in the second segment that uh, really makes that all come together. Bullpen has been strong, not as strong as the starting pitching, but solid. And then uh, on defense, if you look at the metrics on fan graphs, the Twins are second in defensive runs saved with plus seven and sixth in defensive runs at plus 2.9. So both both graphics or, or sorry, metrics uh, are, are placing the Twins comfortably in the top third of the league. And in fact, in defensive runs saved, absolutely elite. Um, the tough start so far, Nick Gordon's two for 19. So he's hitting about a buck 20, uh, Carlos Correa hitting a buck 82 with a 492 OPS, uh, Max Kepler sub 500 OPS and now hurt. And we'll talk about more of that here in just a couple minutes. And then Havani Moran has been a little shaky, basically half the earned runs that this team has allowed so far this season have been charged to Moran. The rest of the bullpen has looked quite solid. So We'll talk about that here momentarily. But first, let's talk about our new sponsor, So Rare. And it's a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 teams. And they have some pretty cool ambassadors in Juan Soto and Julio Rodriguez. Um, absolutely fabulous opportunity here. So look for So Rare. And um, it's it's exactly how it looks. S O R A R E. Make sure you check that out. And um, yeah, it's a very exciting program that we uh, we're very excited to be pro uh, partnered with. All right. So in the second segment here, we're going to probably as often as possible do a little deep deeper dive statistically. And if we look on the offense, and as you might expect, the offense has not been the driver of this six and six and two start. Um, you know, it's pretty obvious that the pitching staff has, uh, has carried them, especially starting pitching offensively, their best ranking is ninth and average exit velocity. Otherwise they're 13th or worse in runs per game, average on base percentage slugging and OPS, just a seven ten OPS. So um, 17th and MLB there. So pretty comfortably below average. And the primary issue that I think I'm seeing is pitch selection. And it's not so much that they're chasing out of the zone. It's more that I think that they're taking pitches down the middle and then kind of working along the fringes of the strike zone with some of their swings. Uh, again, I fall back to on Larnick's wild swing on a 3-0 pitch that cut in on his ankles. Um, you know, if you're swinging 3-0, it's got to be a pitch you're looking for, a location you're looking for, and that most certainly was not it. But I still think this offense can be an asset. Again, it'll probably hinge a lot on some of these guys in the middle of the order who are question marks. Joey Gallo, certainly one of them. Um, you know, depending on, again, what his batting average is and how many homers he hits, that's going to be key to, to driving this offense. Jose Miranda, who's off to a slow start. 
Uh, Larnick, who's off to the opposite, but needs to show he can still do it. Um, you know, the middle of this order is going to be a question mark, but if they can really get going, I suspect they'll jump in these um, these rankings quickly. Now, let's look at starting pitching because this is this is really exciting. So they are first in ERA at 175. They're first in opponent OPS at 502. And they're first in strikeouts per nine innings, 12 strikeouts per nine innings. Like That is just staggering to me. I can't even believe that's a thing. And as far as kind of notes on it, really no issues. Uh, they've been let uh, go fairly deep into the game. Certainly there were some people that maybe thought Pablo Lopez's start in Miami wasn't as long as it could have been. And obviously second guessing comes from the Marlins scoring off relief pitchers and all that sort of thing. But really, um, you know, the Twins are one of only two teams that are under 1.00 in whip. Uh, Dodgers are the other. Oh, and then they're second in innings pitched per start. So again, that goes back to the workload thing I was talking about where I haven't, I have felt like each of the hooks that Rocco Baldelli has given these starters has been pretty much on point. And um, so yeah, no real issues, actually no issues at all. Be curious to see how Kenta looks in the White Sox series after coming off the mound, kind of shaking his his hand. Um, didn't sound like it was that serious. Certainly not a recurrence of any major issue and nothing that's even going to make him miss a start. So again, we'll keep a close eye on that and we'll um, we'll break down those White Sox pitching matchups here. Um, probably on Monday's show. So, um, you know, I'll try to get it out earlier. Just get a quick... Uh, breakdown of that but i like the matchups for the twins with the white Sox coming as far as relief pitching rankings the twins are fifth in whip 1.05 seventh in strikeouts per nine it's still a a very strong 10.6 uh seventh in opponent ops and then ninth in era at 3.28 and and as i noted before havani moran has allowed almost half of this team's earned runs out of the bullpen it's four of nine so when you look at their era of 3.28 if you isolate what Moran has done. It's a 2.05 ERA otherwise. And that's obviously easy to see with Duran dealing. Lopez is, uh, Jorge Lopez has looked pretty good out in the pan. Griffin Jacks has been, you know, decent. Um, but other than that, you know, they've, they've been able to rely on some guys to chew up some innings like Cole Sands and again, not really bring down the whole class's uh, grade. You know, he's a, so 205 ERA outside of Havani Moran. Um, let's, let's just do a couple little notes here before we jump to the third segment. The Twins had their first roster move of the season on Saturday. Um, Matt Walner was initially going to start and uh, hit second. I think he was DHing in the first game of the doubleheader for St. Paul today, which they split. Um but he ended up actually swinging over to Minneapolis to the Twins game and was shown on the bench. He is replacing Max Kepler, who goes on the 10-day IL with right knee tendonitis. With tendonitis, it's always hard for me to get a feel for if that's a medium-term, short-term. I mean, it's a fairly short-term injury, but I think you know it depends on how much inflammation's in there and that sort of thing. But hopefully that's a very short stay. Um Again, Walner, as people remember, he's kind of like a Joey Votto kind of player where big swing, um, maybe not quite as good defensively as Votto, but still pretty impressively mobile for a guy of his size. Uh, We'll see how much he gets to play, too, because, again, this team is still very left-handed. 
But if Joey Gallo can't go Sunday, that might be an opportunity for him uh, to get some time out there. Um, Josh Winder at Fort Myers has been working in two scoreless innings on Friday. It'll be interesting to see his progression and where he lands. He's working strictly as a reliever right now. So I would imagine he's going to be an option at AAA St. Paul. If not, maybe uh, bumping Cole Sands off the roster and being the team's long guy, because I think that would also be a pretty good role for him. Um, Jorge Polanco update. He played for Fort Myers this evening, Saturday, and went one for two with a pair of walks, played second base, and was pinch hit for in the seventh. Doesn't seem like that's a real big deal. I, I'm thinking the plan was just for four plate appearances. Still going to be hard to imagine how long he's going to be out for and still on rehab since he didn't have any spring training. So they, I believe pitchers is 30 days and hitters is 15, or at least that's what it was back in 2019 when I was still covering on the beat. Um, so I think that the twins still have plenty of time on this rehab stint before they have to make any sort of move there. Um, let's, let's talk about FanDuel because another Real fun sponsor of ours. And also, too, you know, we're in prime betting season with MLB just getting underway. NBA is ramping up. Lots of fun playoff matchups coming up. And then anything else, really. Um, but you can bet on all different aspects of games, whether it's individual stuff. You can parlay stuff. You can do any of those things. But they want you to make every moment more. And don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to fanduel.com slash locked on again, that's fanduel.com slash locked on. So coming up here on Sunday, Tyler Malley will face off with Hunter Brown. And I, I, I would understand if you do not know much about Hunter Brown, he's only got 25 big league innings pitched um, besides a generic name. So uh, let's first though, let's look at, let's look at Tyler Malley uh, again. Continuing the carousel of great starts for the Twins and striking out seven in five innings. The velocity looked pretty good, about 93-94 uh, average. I think it's 93-8, according to Fangraphs. And that means he's close to the 94-1 he averaged in 2021, which was by far his best big league season. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a good step forward. And he he did change up his pitch mix a little bit. Uh, with a four-seam fastball slider, and then uh, he dropped his splitter usage, which was a big pitch for him last year. I think it was over 20%. It was right around 10% in this first start. Again, you know, you can't gauge much from a one-start sample size what a guy is going to be, um, you know, if he's if he's changed anything meaningful or if it's just a matchups thing or anything like that. But great step forward for Tyler Malley. Probably not to the same extent that we've seen from Pablo Lopez, but again, uh, very, very positive. Now, to Hunter Brown, uh, for unfamiliar Twins fans, he's, he's 24, he's a righty, and he's never given up a big league homer. It's 25 innings, uh, big-time fastball, um, big on strikeouts, but he also is, you know, he's dealt with walks to this point in his big league career. But yeah, 96-mile-per-hour fastball on average, uh, slider and curve. That he goes with. He's got a show me change up, but he throws it so rarely that it's kind of really hard to take that seriously at this point. Um, didn't get out of the first, uh, the fifth, excuse me, in his first start. So, um, you know, he's going to have something to prove. Again, the Twins, part of that opportunistic that we, uh, op being opportunistic that we talked about early, uh, comes down to the fact that they're, they're not facing the injured guys and then they're not getting 
Framber Valdez and Christian Javier. So um, again, twins so far, and and I think we'll still analyze it this analyze it like this after the third game of the series. Uh, they've taken advantage and done a nice job of doing so against an Astros team that is otherwise going to be very very difficult this season. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's. I was taking a look at roster resource here. I wanted to bring up. What was I trying to bring up here? Nope, we can't get it to load anyway, so don't worry about it. Um, with that said, uh, you know, we'll be back on Monday and we will have a full wrap up of the Astro series, or at least the last game. And then we'll take a look at um, at the, the series coming up here with the White Sox. And that was what I was looking for, was um, seeing who the matchups were. I know we've covered them, but I want to see if they've changed at all. According to Roster Resource and our friends over at Fangraphs, the pitching matchups coming up are Kent Maeda and Dylan Cease on Monday, Pablo Lopez and former uh, twin Lance Lynn on Tuesday, and Lance Lynn just got absolutely bombed last time out against the Giants. So uh, we'll see what he, <laughs> what kind of mood he's in because we know it's going to be surly no matter, but uh, we'll have a little extra in there in the tank. And then Sonny Gray against Lucas Giolito. Uh, another fun matchup for Wednesday. Uh, after missing the two best Astros, I think you could make a case that that's the the three best for the White Sox. With that said, the best for the White Sox, best for the Astros, it's probably not a fair comparison either. So, uh, yeah, that'll be where the Twins are Monday to Wednesday. Then they hit the road for four in New York, a day off next Monday after that. And then it is on to the Red Sox. So still a pretty strong schedule here. For the next little while, the Twins have taken advantage of what has been, to this point, a semi-week schedule. Again, you still have to beat the teams in front of you. You still can only play the schedule that you were handed. And two, if you want to look at like combined records of the teams the Twins have played, part of it is just that the Twins have been handing these teams the, the losses where it's going to kind of inflate that. And then two, the Astros are off to a rough start, but I don't think three and six is indicative at all what kind of team they are. They're, they're absolutely still going to be right in the thick of things in the AL West at the end of the season. So I, I'm i excited to see what Sunday's game holds. Tyler Malley hopefully can continue to take steps forward and show that he's better than the 4-4-0 ERA that he posted last year. And then White Sox, you know, those series are always a lot of fun too. Now, before we split on this edition of Locked on Twins, thank you for making us your first listen every day, but your second listen should be Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every single day. They'll help you navigate the waiver wire and help you make shrewd trades so that at the end of the season, you bring home that fantasy gold. You can find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, just like this show. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. And with all that said, it's a wrap for this episode of Locked On Twins. Thanks for hanging out, and make sure you follow at Locked On Twins, at Locked On Min, M-I-N, and at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E, as well as give us a five-star review on the podcast platform you're listening on, or give us a thumbs up and a subscribe on YouTube, and we would love to hang out with you. We'd love to see you in the comment section and bringing up some you know, hot topics that maybe we don't think of on this side. So this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying thank you so much. And don't forget to stop by on Monday and have a freaking weekend.